0: Of storytelling with special guest Joseph Singleton on today's episode. Today's episode is brought to you by Canva. When we finally decided to grow our social media presence, Canva was the only option. I tried dozens of alternatives, but I had to admit that nothing else comes close. We use Canva for social images, print on demand designs, and tons more at Serve no Master. Grab a free account today at servedomaster.com front slash Canva.
1: Are you tired of dealing with your boss? Do you feel underpaid and underappreciated? If you want to make it online, fire your boss and start living your retirement dreams now, then you've come to the right place. Welcome to Serve No Master Podcast, where you'll learn how to open new revenue streams and make money while you sleep. Presented live from a tropical island in the South Pacific by best-selling author, Jonathan Green. Now, here's your host.
0: So this is a topic near and dear to my heart. Because um, I'm a writer and I write books and stories, and I know that it can really make or break a brand or a book or any type of business. We often think of stories only as fiction, right? But stories matter in nonfiction as well. Can you tell us a little bit, Joseph, about how your journey started and how you became passionate about storytelling?
2: Absolutely. So. My background is for almost 25 years, I have been in the home services, uh, trades, uh, painting and drywall mainly. Um, I was, uh, uh, started out as a, as a helper, as a tradesman, uh, at five bucks an hour in 1998, uh, thought I was going to be in the home services trades for about three weeks. Uh, obviously life had, uh, had, uh, other plans and, uh, I was, uh, I was fortunate that I was pretty good at it. I picked up on, uh, picked up on the trade of, uh, painting new homes pretty quick, worked my way up through a company, uh, eventually ended up buying a minority stake in the company that I had started with, that I was only going to be with for three weeks. And this was at about the five year mark. And, uh, I've been in home services ever since I grew that company, um, to 125 employees, um, 10 million a year in, in revenue. It was like a, uh, uh, it was a monster. I thought I knew everything about business. Um, and I found out in 2008, as we all did when the housing market crashed, uh, that I didn't know squat. So that was, uh, that was nice and eye opening. But through all of that, I had spent a lot of time hiring marketers. Uh, which is what I do now. I'm a digital marketer uh, and I reside primarily in the same space that I've spent most of my career in. Um, But uh, uh, I never got the secret sauce. I never understood why our marketing wasn't effective. um, Why we were always kind of struggling to, uh, to make it to that next level and bring in uh, a higher lead flow than we were getting, which if you can imagine at 125 employees, uh, we were chewing up a lot of work, as it was. That's a lot of that's a lot of manpower uh, getting things done. so um, yeah, when you're, but go ahead.
0: when you're running an operation that big, so much of your time just has to be spent making sure you have enough work for everyone, right?
2: Yes, yeah, that's a that's a big struggle um, to we had, of course, uh, built a reputation in the new home space. so builders knew about us because, oh six oh seven oh eight we're in the oklahoma city metro area and we painted 15 percent of all the new construction that was going on so if you remember back before the housing bubble if anybody's seen the big short um they were kind of giving houses away like candy and we were mopping up painting as many of those as we as we possibly could it was a um it was a nice time it was a lot of fun but really i didn't uh I didn't recognize the blind spots that I had. And one of those was having enough work for those 125 employees when new homes crashed. That was a big struggle that we had run into uh, because we didn't have a good website. We didn't have good multi-channel lead flow coming in. We relied only on that new home market. So when that market went away, all of a sudden we had all these people and no work. That was not a fun time.
0: I think this is something that happens to a lot of traditional style businesses or businesses that existed more than 20 years ago is that the transition to the digital world is a huge effort. And a lot of people, they try and buy a website, it doesn't work, or they invest in different types of online marketing, whether it's social media marketing or SEO marketing or ads, and they don't get the result they want. So they go, this internet thing's just not working. And... Sometimes it doesn't matter. Sometimes the business can has enough things happening that it can kind of keep going. It doesn't rely on that, especially business to business, right? If it hadn't been for the housing crisis, you guys would still be humming along. And sometimes Mm -hmm. a big surprise happens. Like last two years, there have been some big surprises in the markets. But (laughs) that's an understatement. You know, with what you've learned, do you think like it would have made a huge difference if the website thing, or if you just found a way to have? like repainting of houses as part of your portfolio that would have helped to protect you from that problem?
2: Uh, I think it's a combination of both. Oh, Actually, there so goes my my bride so wandering sorry. past behind. Um, uh, I think it's definitely a combination of both. I think having that lead channel of a website and the, the digital aspect would have, would have helped. Um, and if we had already been in that repaint space, that would have helped as well uh, because we were. All of our rocks were in the new home basket, and all we just weren't prepared for how quickly everything fell apart. Um, that is why I built a second paint contracting company uh, starting in 2018. And that company, we focused heavily on our digital presence and on residential and commercial repaint work because it was a little bit more um, insulated. I think is probably the best word, and uh, that uh, th- that helped us along to where we didn't end up in a crisis. I was actually able to sell that company to uh, to a, a subcontractor that was ready to take that next step and have uh, have have their face and their company branded and out front rather than uh, just fulfilling the work. So it turned out to be a really big win win. Uh, I actually kind of fell into my second paint pe- contracting company completely by accident. Uh, I had, s- my little brother was working a job that, um, he really, um, he, he really enjoyed, but he wasn't making much money at it and it was causing him a lot of health problems. Uh, so at that time I was running my digital marketing agency, uh, new leaf marketing, which since we've transitioned to a franchise model with height, um, but with new leaf marketing we were uh we were doing lead generation we were owning the websites uh selling the leads kind of like Angie does or like uh uh home advisor or any of those companies with the exception that we weren't selling them to multiple contractors we would just have a exclusive deal with the local contractor to supply them leads and keep them in the work um and one of those was a painting site it was a a, a residential repaint uh painting website that was generating leads and I hadn't found a painter to partner with yet. Well, with my background in painting uh, and my brother's background in painting, I thought,
1: eh,
2: I'll feed him two, three jobs a month, keep him in the money, and uh, uh, he would do much better and not have all the health problems he was having at his current uh, current employment. Uh, started out that way. It, of course, didn't last. It snowballed uh, and became a bigger, full-fledged company. Uh, I kept this one intentionally smaller, uh, but we were doing about a million dollars a year when I sold it. So it was um, uh, three crews, 12 people rather than 125 people and completely unmanageable. Um, I've uh, I've learned over the years that uh, <laughs> I'm not near as tough in business as I thought I was in my mid to late 20s. So... Taking uh, taking that lesson and being a little more reserved has been uh, it, it's been a better uh, better avenue to success. So.
0: so, where do you think, or what phase of a business does storytelling start to matter? Like, when should someone start thinking of their brand story, their personal story, and how does that affect people when they're making like a buying decision? Like, someone thinking repainting their house, do they really care? about the person or brand doing it or just about the price and quality of the job?
2: Absolutely. I think right from the very beginning, uh, from the time you start thinking about uh, building a business, when you're going to be a sole proprietor and it's just you doing all the delivery, you should already start thinking about uh, story and about your brand. Why? Ultimately, all of our potential clients are just like us. We've been telling story in every facet of our life since before we had the written word, since we were sitting around the campfire. This is how we shared our history. This is how we shared our passions. And uh, it's what we're hardwired for. People are hit with thousands of advertisements every single day. We don't remember 99% of them. Why? Because they don't speak to us. We're selfish. That doesn't have a positive or a negative connotation. It's just the way things are. Until something clearly affects us, we don't care. And story is the way that we communicate exactly what we do to our potential clientele. We do it in every other arena of our life. And in business, this is where we kind of, uh, we kind of miss the boat sometimes because we talk about ourselves. We talk about, ourselves as a business and what we do and how we're the hero and how we come fix all your problems, right? People don't respond to that. We don't listen. We don't listen until we've clearly identified our own problem in our story. And then we've clearly identified how we become the hero in our own story when we bring along guides. So I'm I'm a big uh, Donald Miller fan, big story brand fan, um, because it's, it's one of the simplest way, ways to explain this, but ultimately it's a, it's a universal truth that when businesses, whether they're one person or 1000 people step out of their own way and start talking about their client, start talking about their client's problems and how their client's problems can be solved by bringing along a guide and that the client is the one who ultimately wins the day, not you when you've collected their money and helped them along the way with whatever process it was they needed. They're the winner and they go about their day changed and better because they've interacted with your brand. And when we can get that story perfectly clear, uh, there's no stopping a brand.
0: So, how does someone begin the process of developing their story?
2: Well, the very first thing you've got to do is you've got to identify whose story you're telling. Who is your ident? Who's your ideal client? How do you how do you flesh out that avatar? And that takes some time. That takes some thought, and it takes some effort, um, because first you have to you have to identify who they are. If you're uh, if you're selling fidget spinners your ideal client is probably not a 55-year-old guy um, that that snakes your drain for a living. You know, it's, it's probably somebody that's young. So you start down that process of identifying as much of the character traits as possible of your ideal client, who would use your service, who could most benefit from your service, uh, service or product, whatever it is that you sell. Um, once you've identified that ideal client, You have to identify what is their problem, not just what is their problem um, physically that you're going to solve. If you sell fidget spinners and they fidget, well, you're going to give them something to do with their hands. Well, that's a physical problem you solve, right? But you also have to, in an ideal world, solve an emotional problem and a philosophical problem if you can. So what emotional problem would a fidget spinner fill? Well, it would reduce anxiety, right? So we start working through that process of who is your ideal client? What is their problem that you have the ability to solve? How do you come along as a guide and guide them to changing their situation, avoiding failure, and winning the day with a new outcome? And if we take that same process, we can apply it to Every business, it doesn't matter if it's uh, uh, direct to consumer or if it's uh, software as a service or if it's a uh, company to company, it doesn't matter because at the end of the day, you're always dealing with people and, and we're hardwired to, uh, to gain understanding through story.
0: So where does this kind of fit into someone's process, if someone's just like starting their business out and they're just thinking, where do I place the story? Is it just something that goes on the website or how, or something I put on the side of my van? How do I tell my story without it becoming a distraction or without it taking up? You know, because people spend a very short amount of time making buying decisions now with their short attention spans.
2: Absolutely. So, so the first place to start is to develop your script. You want to develop your elevator pitch. Uh, From your elevator pitch, you're going to develop basically a one-liner. This is the thing you're going to slap on your business cards. You're going to slap it on the side of your van. And the way that you do that, sit down. And I'm old school, so you're going to sit down with a notebook. Uh, You can use digital if you want, but I'm a pen and paper guy when it comes to stuff like this. And first, I'm going to start to describe my ideal client. And then I'm going to describe their problems and my product or service, how that guides them into solving their problem and changing their their outcome for the better and avoiding failure. I'm going to whittle that story down until it's under 60 seconds. This is something that you want to learn Right from the beginning of your business and get down into your core. Because once you've got it, as you bring on more people and you expand your business, you're going to share this same pitch with them. So it's going to it's going to start to build that culture within your company. But even when it's just you by yourself, by clearly identifying that, you no longer are the type of home services contractor that takes on every job that doesn't quite fit your, your business model. You're no longer, uh, racing to the bottom because price becomes incidental when you've become clear about what your story is. Once you've developed that 62nd pitch, we're going to, we're going to say with, uh, with the paint, the last painting company that I just sold, and I'm not going to mention the name because I don't want to, uh, I don't have permission from the buyer to do so, um, But the tagline that we ended up developing was paint jobs that make your neighbor jealous because we identified at its most basic people wanted a beautiful home. We took that and slapped it on the side of everything because then it clearly told everybody in like one second. What do we do? Why do we do it? And how are you better on the other side? So we took our 60 second elevator pitch and just whittled that all the way down to that philosophical problem that we solved, which is keeping up with the Joneses. That's pretty important with something really aesthetic like painting. Um, the, the way that you use this is once you've, once you've developed your one liner, you whittled down your story to one to three very short sentences then it's dis- it's kind of distilled your message so that you can slap it on everything and keep pointing the same direction you don't start chasing uh chase uh chasing <clears> avenues that don't make a lot of sense we make a w- we make a mistake as a business owner and this I've been to a lot of networking events and things like that and we try to come up with something that's new and fresh every single time we talk about our business and all we end up doing is muddying the waters when we when we do that
0: So did you notice a significant change either in sales or customer communication when you put that new painting message out there?
2: I found two things. One, I found it was less about price when I would bid projects against other painters. Um, So quite often I would be told we accepted your bid. You were not the cheapest guy to bid our project because you did such a great job at communicating what you were going to do and how that was going to benefit us. So that was my number one was in in home services if you're not careful it's a race to the bottom. If you've ever gone bidding against 3 4 5 6 other companies uh you can end up taking on clientele where price is their only issue and That's a, that's not a, that's not a fun place to do business. You can go broke sitting at home. So you want to take on clientele that are going to pay enough money to, uh, to, to keep your doors open and keep your business expanding and healthy so that you can continue to repeat that. Right. So that was my number one was that my close rate improved when I got my story straight because people knew what I did, uh, and who I did it for. Or what my company did, because by this, by this point, I'm not painting anymore. I've, I've gotten past that. My shoulders and my back are not going to do that for, for a career, but, uh, increased close rate and increased bottom line, increased profitability. So um, that's kind of what we're all about in business, right? Is, is, uh, making the most out of our business.
0: So if someone wants to learn more about this process you're teaching about how they can start building their own story, where can they find you online and for more information from you? Uh,
2: the best place to go is to go to heightdigitalcom forward slash Norman. Uh, you'll find some calendar links there. Uh, set a uh, set an appointment for a 30 minute calendar, 30 uh, minute zoom meeting with me uh, or with a member of my team. Um, we'll uh, uh, we'll email back and forth with a little pre-qualifying questions and then, uh, Uh, we'd love to have a chat with anybody about it. This is something we can just riff on forever because we found it so vital in a business that if you can't get your story straight, nothing else you're, you're doing is going to be quite as effective.
0: Okay, great. Thank you so much for giving us your time. Make sure to put the link in the show notes. I know people are going to find this really useful. Thank you so much for being here and giving us your time.
2: All right. Thank you. Thanks for having me.
0: Thank you for listening to the Serve No Master podcast. Get a free copy of my bestseller, Fire Your Boss, right now on Amazon. Go to Servermaster.com forward slash get fire or just search Fire Your Boss on Amazon.
1: Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Serve No Master podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss another episode. We'll be back next week with more tips and tactics on how to escape the rat race. Please take a moment to leave a review at Servenomaster.com forward slash iTunes. It helps the show grow and more listeners means more content for you. Thanks again, and we'll see you next week.